Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. With the holidays just around the corner, Macy's makes it easy to get your online orders fast with contact-free curbside pickup or pickup inside the store. Need it now? Try same-day delivery powered by DoorDash, available in select locations. Plus, shop early and late with extended store hours right up to the last minute. And don't forget, if you're getting your purchases delivered by mail, make sure you place your order by December 18th on Macy's.com. Some exclusions apply. Pickup and same-day delivery valid for most in-stock items at select stores only. Hi, it's Jamie, progressive number one, number two employee. Leave a message at the... Hey, Jamie, it's me, Jamie. This is your daily pep talk. I know it's been rough going ever since people found out about your acapella group, Mad Harmony, but you will bounce back. I mean, you're the guy always helping people find coverage options with the Name Your Price tool. It should be you giving me the pep talk. Now get out there, hit that high note, and take Mad Harmony all the way to nationals this year! Sorry, it's pitchy. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's Mondays with Mikey Heatmurph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Because we are a unique Raider talk show. We're going to have good times. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. I guess I got to rap this week. Oh, no, I got to rap again. We lost to the team, so Murph won't rap then. I don't know, but it was your time. Next time, we'll get it on the line. Murph's going to do his thing today. We're going to talk about Antonio Brown anyways. I don't want to, but we got to. We're going to have a finale in the Antonio Brown saga. It's Monday with Mikey and Murph. We talking Raiders and football dirt. Get made, everybody. Link below. It's a good time. Let's go. We having fun. Let's go. It's Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Murph, we are back on the air. This is episode 32. Give me a Raider that played with the number 32. Oh, I don't know. How about Jack Tatum or Marcus Allen, Super Bowl MVP? How about that? That's why you are employed on this show. <laughs> you gave me those facts. Right out the gate, I, I I was like, I don't even know. I don't even know who a 32 is. That's why we love you. Murph, what's going on, brother? We got a half a victory Monday today. Yeah, we got a little little half a Johnny drama. That's okay. We'll take it. I mean, we, we expected an 8-8 eight eight football team, and guess what? We're 1-1. One one. Hey, I'll take 1-1 one one instead of 0-9. Oh Amen. Amen. Well, everybody, I just wanted to remind you during the show, if you'd like to donate subscribe support hit the thumbs up button for this show and if you would like to donate you can see their names on top of the screen that's right if you donate during this week's show me and murph are going to call you out you a funny nickname 
for next week's show, you can see on the scroll of idiocracy, let's just call it. Then also, I want to remind everybody, we do have a phone line that you're going to see down below in the links. We want your questions to be on our show. We need you to ask us questions, but they need to be within like 30 to 40 seconds. Just call up the phone line that you'll see below and in the screens later and say, hey, Murph, hey, Mike, I want to ask you guys your thoughts on this. Keep it under 40 seconds and we're going to have you on next week's show. Okay, so do that and get to it. And Murph, you have an amazing channel of podcasting and all that other stuff where they can get amazing, fun, build Raider content. Let them know how they can get a hold of you and watch you. Thank you, Mikey. You can find us on our YouTube channel at the encouragement of Mikey. We started this uh, really a little bit more than a year ago, and that's YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave. That's where you can find all of our content. We have four shows on our network. We have the flagship sh- sh- flagship show. <laughs> The flagship show, Raiders. Speaking, fan. Of, the, speaking of the Giants. Right. Oh, nice. Uh, or the or the Jets now. Um. So, uh, what was that? Oh yeah. So YouTube.com slash Murphs Fan Cave. M U R F S Fan Cave. You can find us there on the YouTube's, and we have Raiders Fan Radio. Uh, Mondays with Mikey Murph, the audio version of that, and uh, Tales from the Nation and the Fan Club Blitz with Splatterhead Tom and Fitz, which is a fantastic show put on by the guys that uh, represent the New Jersey chapter of the Black Hole. So definitely check that out. You can find Murph's Fan Cave on any podcast service. And then again, you can find our uh, our video stuff where you can find uh, RFR Live. That's the live stream of our of our show, Raiders Fan Radio. That's right here on YouTube. And, and thank you to Mikey for, uh, like I said, encouraging us to do that. We were an audio-based podcast forever. And Mikey's like, dude, you got to do video. You got to do video. So we started doing video and we love it. Our chat room is awesome. Just like the chat room is here. Uh, It's a lot of fun. The interaction is great. And so appreciate everybody that supports us in that way. Amazing, man. You got to come up with a tagline. Like in Hollywood, you need like four lines to describe your movie. You know, <laughs> you you got so much going on. You got like nine lines. You're like, we got this, we got that, we got make shirts, which well, is an amazing thing. But. Well, you know, we do we do have a tagline for the show. We call it a lighter side journey into the dark side. That's right. I did read that somewhere, but I forgot. Yeah, that's right. Because I'm a fool. We, uh, we don't take ourselves too seriously. Uh, you know, everybody can, and, uh, look, we all, we're all passionate. We all care about this football team. We all love this football team. Uh, but you know, we just like to, uh, to play with it and to have fun with it. And again, take a lighter approach to it, uh, on Raiders fan radio. And so nothing wrong with the other approaches. That's just the way that, 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 that we do it and have fun with it. And so, uh, we don't, like I said, it's kind of, it's not a goof, but it's, it's definitely a lot of fun. We just, we, we, we Trust play, me, you, we play, you come yeah, you play, but you're not a goof. You come out with the facts. You come out with your opinions, whether respected or not, and you do your thing. And you honestly, you always take a look at the legacy of the Raiders and all that other stuff. And that's what I have been missing for a while. So I 100% thank you and love your channel. Everybody, you can find the links below. And just a quick reminder, we'll talk more about it later. But on their channel, they got these Get Made t-shirts and... um. Donations will be made. All pushies will go to the Fred Belenikoff Foundation and pick up your get made shirt while you while they last, basically, because they're going like hotcakes. Yeah, we've and only we got a few left. Yeah, we're getting getting people uh, we're love hotcakes. <laughs> people love hotcakes. So get made on their channel, and you can get made on our channel as well by donating, calling, asking a question, and getting your name on the scroll of BS. We got a we got a show today. Uh, that I, I, I don't want to do, Murph, uh, meaning I 
don't want to talk about Antonio Brown, but yeah. I feel because based off of last week, we didn't get to it because the timeline started basically while we were doing our show. The official yeah. timeline of the end started, so we haven't had a chance to respond. So we're going to give our finale responses and all that. And I don't know. Are you ready? You ready to just do this? Yeah, man. You know, hey, look, every uh – Every relationship ends badly, otherwise it wouldn't end, right? So this is our uh, this is our closure on this saga. So yeah, and this will be it. This will be it. We will we will uh, we'll we'll beat the horse one last time, stick a fork in it, and then move on. You said every relationship ends badly. Well, I know a bunch of idiots that say no. We're still friends. No, every relationship ends badly, otherwise it wouldn't end. The ones that are still ongoing are going great. So every every relationship that has finality to it, well, it didn't end because it was like, oh, we're so happy. So let's finish this thing. Let's end it. No, they always end I, bad. I hate those people that say we're still best friends. Ah, that's bullcrap. We still hang out. We still love each other. Nah, you know, we love each other's family. Nah. I'm like, no, we're done. Finito. I'm going to yell, cry for two years, but we're done. We're done. That's it. Done. I'm out. Speaking of, speaking of done, this intro is done. It's time for the... <laughs> Headlines, deadlines. Well, I don't do that anymore. Let's just move on. Go we got a wavy line coming up, Murph. Let's do it. Here comes the wavy line. Transition. All right, here it is. Our headline segment where we go over a few of our own headlines or takes on the Raiders and any other subjects. Uh, we didn't get a chance to respond to Antonio Brown being released, traded to the Patriots. Um... So without getting into the timeline, if you want to get into it, who's to blame? Just give me your thoughts on actually Antonio Brown being released and then going to the Patriots with about four minutes. Give me your initial reaction or your thoughts. All right. Well, as we sit here today at this closure point, now after going through the timeline from Thursday up until Sunday, and when when he went through the release and all the craziness, and then post that when these series of allegations came out from this this woman that was a trainer of his, um, who and I'm going to be very delicate in when the way I discuss this because I think that it's very important to remember that there is a potential victim in the balance here. And while you know we as fans want to go, ha ha, Antonio Brown, you got in trouble or whatever, like there's there's a very severe. Um, uh, series of behavioral things that happen, like like this is this is like I mean as vile of acts as you can get into, and so I want to treat it with the respect of that. That there's the potential for this this woman had to endure this you know this this you know abuse, and it's just it's sickening, frankly. But anyway, so so that happens. Then today there's another uh, series of events that get un. Uh, that get released through this Sports Illustrated article. And did, you didn't read that? It, no, not yet. Okay. Um, I won't get into the details of it again out of respect for the people that are involved and in the, in the potential victims that are there. But this is not, this sounds like repetitive behavior for Antonio Brown. Um, oh, I read a CNN article that had something about all his adventures with another accusers or owing people money. Is that the same? That's the same one. Yeah. So, so here's where I come out on this thing and, and, and I'll put a pin on it and move on from it quickly. That if half of this stuff that is being reported is true, he's a despicable human being and absolutely 
someone vile and not anybody we would want on our team to begin with. I think that it's sad that through the vetting processes that teams have and the amount of access to information that they have, that they either one didn't know these things existed or two chose to ignore them. And if that's the Raiders being part of that, then I'm ashamed that our team and I wore my faith family Raiders football shirt today intentionally. I'm ashamed that our team that has such a high standard in terms of morals when it comes to, you know, domestic violence and treatment of others and what like the Raiders, we may all, you know, be big and, and badass and tough guys and all that and push the line of the rules and cheating is encouraged and all that. But in terms of family and what the team represents in, in those terms, if they lapsed on those values at all and and willingly took in Antonio Brown knowing that these things were a part of his life, I'm embarrassed for them. And, uh, and it's, it's not a proud moment to be a Raider fan. And, and, you know, you guys often refer to me as the bootlicker and the Raider apologist and Murphy's Raider drunk, not on this one, not on this one. This is, this is about as bad of a look for the team, uh, as you can get. Now that said, I'm glad they moved on from him quickly. Again, I'm glad he's not part of our team, but, um, but that, that kind of sucks. I, I, I hope that they've learned something in this process. Um, and that this, doesn't become any kind of an issue again and that this character standard that they've established through the draft and our acquiring of free agents in the offseason, I hope that that is now our norm going forward because, look, I'm all about crazies. I mean, I grew up with the 70s Raiders. I love Sistrunk and Villapiano and Tatum and, you know, Hendricks and I love Stabler and the craziness of those guys. But this wasn't that type of behavior. This is something that's frankly criminal and disgusting. And so, anyway, so I hope that they don't, ever ever go back down that path again i want yes i want the crazy guy but i want vontez burford crazy not antonio brown crazy yeah i mean i love that uh if i could just retort to that uh look when signing to the patriots let me just start with that i am utterly disgusted at the turn of events that antonio brown did and i am utterly disgusted at the patriots um why because look whether you guys want to admit it or not, they are the clash of the NFL. They are 100% the champions this generation. They are America's team. Let's call it what it is. Red, white, and blue. It's the Patriots. And Bill Belichick is a, a student of the NFL. He's some, somebody that supposedly places clash over substance on occasions. Every player that goes to the Patriots seems to abide by their rules, and then he goes out and does this just to win. You know, because the truth is their winning dynasty is at a – it's nearing an end. Tom Brady, how much longer does he have? Julian Edelman, I, again, I don't know. But it feels to me that Bill Belichick disrespected every Patriot player, every person of substance for that organization by bringing Antonio Brown in. On top of that, Antonio Brown went with Tom Brady and he tweeted TB12 and he made a video at the TB12 facility. So that behavior is still allowing to continue. But here's what is my britches, and I'm going to end it with the Patriots thing. I think it's utterly disgusting they signed him. Uh, that, that being said, Antonio Brown didn't put up a fight for the number 84. If he was with the Raiders, and we couldn't give him number 84, he would have thrown a fit. He proved with the helmet. 
He put up a fight for the helmet. Oh, I wore that helmet my entire career. I need that helmet. Why don't you need that number 84, Antonio Brown? You let them put you in number 17? What does that mean, Antonio? That means you were all in it to go to the Patriots, and you made all that. That proves the conspiracy to a little bit of a truth by you not wearing 84 and fighting for it because you fought for the helmet when you were with the Raiders. So that being said, I think it's pure evil, Antonio Brown is. And then in response to you talking about if the, the Raiders let all this happen or they knew when they brought him onto the team, well, I don't think they did. I think Mike Gruden chooses players to win. And Gruden is definitely a different person than he was many years ago. Uh, Mike Mayock was brought on to be the bad cop. And he did his job. He forced Gruden and he fined Antonio on two, three occasions. Mayock was trying to make it work by setting a standard as a general manager. The problem is we had a baby named Antonio Brown who couldn't handle it. Gruden let Mayock do this. And the Raiders, the timeline... Murph, you may not know this, but I found tweets online of this rape accusation, um, and then I retweeted it on, I think it was Wednesday or Thursday night, and I said, I don't know if this is true, but this may explain what Antonio Brown is going to. And I'm not saying my channel exposed it, but the video of, you know, the direct tweets or the Instagrams or whatever between Antonio Brown and somebody, but I posted it on, like, early Thursday morning. Then by the end of that night, Antonio Brown was fined again for the Mike Mayock fight, and then he was released. So I think the Raiders got wind of it when these tweets or Instagram started to come out. And then they finally find him again, and then Antonio Brown knew the writing was on the wall, so he already started the process of going to the Patriots. But I'm done. I don't think the, the Raiders had 100% knowledge on every activity, uh, but did Gruden let some of it slide to get him on the team? You're dang right he did. But Mike Mayock, after that fight with Mike Mayock, I don't know. I think they should release the footage of Antonio Brown calling him a racker because I'm pretty sure that's what he did. And once the Raid players and the captains went to Mike Mayock and told him, whatever you and Gruden want to do with Antonio, we're cool with it. I think Antonio heard that and he got mad even again and said, oh, the players are not choosing me. Even though he apologized the next day, it was all fake and fraud. All right, we're done. Hey, Moving on. Let me let me hit you with a question real quick before we move on from this. Yeah, yeah. This is the, I I can't even believe I'm getting ready to ask you this question. <laughs> okay? I've been oh. I've been uh notorious, I'll just call it that, over the years for giving people a hard time rooting against the Patriots. And that's because I always say you should root against your division before you root against the Patriots that you should want to see the chiefs Broncos chargers fail long before you see the Patriots or the Steelers or the Niners or somebody else. Like you want to see those guys fail first because those are your sworn enemies. This is I'm look, I'm looking down the barrel of the camera. I'm 46 years old Raider nation. I've been a fan of this football team for as long as I've been able to breathe. And I can tell you this, honestly, this year is the first time Mikey I had ever, ever even thought about, rooting for someone in our division that if it's the chiefs and the Patriots and the AFC championship game this year, who are you going to root for Raider nation? I'm always the guy that goes, you have to root against the chiefs. You have to, because they're our sworn enemy. Well, now I, 
I don't know. I, I, I mean, I would wish neither one of them are there. And I hope to goodness that somebody else can jump up a Titans or something. I don't know. Somebody jump up there and, 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 and keep one of them out. But what, what do you think, Mikey, if the Patriots and chiefs are in the AFC championship game, what do you do? Cause you're a football fan like me. You love it. You love the sport. So you're going to have some sort of a rooting interest. What do you do? I'm salty AF. I made a two or three minute video the other day. Uh, I never wished injury on any human being in life. And I am so upset at Antonio Brown, what's going on. And yeah, I don't know what to say, Murph. I, I'm not going to go there. Isn't it crazy that, and here's, so here's ultimately where I come out on this and, and in the chat, please tell me in the chat. Cause I'm going to read your, I can't read it now, but I'm gonna read the chat later. Tell me what your answer is. This is the thing that got me. So it got my attention so much. The fact that I'm even considering that I don't know maybe who, like the fact that it's even a thought, cause it was never even a thought before. It was like, well, no F the chiefs. You know what I mean? Immediately. I don't care who it is. I want the chiefs to lose. The fact that I'm even mildly moving off of that is telling enough of how bad this thing with the, with AB and the friggin' Patriots is it's gosh, it's crazy. Yeah. I, so I'm glad we're doing this segment because this is cleaning my system. Yeah. For some of you in the chat room, you're already telling me to shut up. We don't need need to hear about that clown. Look, this may not be for you guys. This is for me. Mikey Raider has emotional issues. Mikey Raider has problems <laughs> and it lasts forever. Mikey Raider needs to get rid of it. And I'm talking with good friend Murph and I'm able to let the shout. So please excuse me, but you're going to get a few minutes of Antonio Brown drama and I'm getting it out of my system. And let's move and on. And we're done. But, and now we're finished, right? Well, no, not really. We still got a little bit of a question. <laughs> but okay. this is more so involving the Raiders, if you will. Um, and I just hate the fact that Antonio Brown technically keeps winning. He technically does. He possibly made more money by going to the Patriots in the long run if he gets all his ends or whatever. And I don't know. I just am tired of him winning. And it pisses me off. But in terms of the Raiders – as a whole, as an organization. And I want you to speak from honesty, Murph. Oh, you're a Raider lover, but is there any type of Antonio Brown residue left with the team? It's players or, you know, in their soul or anything. Is there any Antonio Brown residue left with this team for here or moving forward? Uh, yeah, but it's positive. And, and this is not me doing the, you know, the Murph flag. Okay, let's take a turd and polish it up. You know what I mean? I'm not putting lipstick on the pig here. I'm dead serious. I think it unified the team. I think that they collectively felt burned by this guy, considering his actions and the way that he celebrated when he was released from the team. And if that was a kick in the nuts to us as fans, it was definitely a kick in the nuts to them as their teammates. I mean, because, look, we were a fan of that guy, but we didn't work with him. This guy was in the workplace with them. Well, most of the time, anyways. You listen to them, they're like, eh, really, he wasn't around anyways. But, I mean, I mean, they had to have felt burned. I mean, especially guys like Derek Carr and whatever. So, no, I think that they gave one big collective FU to, to AB, and they – you know, I think it unified them. I don't, I don't, I think the old, it's crazy to even th consider this, but long-term it was probably a good thing because like when you look at Mac, the way that went down, I don't think it was divisive as people uh, viewed it from the outside, but I think there was a certain level of, oh man, it sucks. We're not going to have him here. But you know well, what I mean? I'm going to cut so you off with that statement. You know what really bothers me? And again, I'm not trying to hate on Gruden, but during that Mac 
He called out Mac. He said, oh, Mac doesn't want to be here. Does Mac want to be a Raider? He, he questioned that in the press conferences and all that. Yeah, don't go off topic, then, though. Well, with, with Antonio Brown, oh, we love him. He's great. He's misunderstood. That bothers me, man. Yeah, you're all, you're, Mac but that's a bad Raider. Yeah, but now you're rehashing old stuff. I'm talking about, well, you asked me the question about what's know, the, right, what's right. the ramifications of uh, on the team going forward. I think that it was a unifying effort because everybody collectively in that locker room was happy he was gone. They were, or at the minimum, relieved of his absence. That wasn't the case with Mac. While they may have understood it was a business decision, they weren't happy about seeing a guy of that level of talent walk out the door, where this time they were good with it. They were like, all right, good, that's a relief. Now we can move on with doing our day job. Yeah, no, 100, man. I just, it's just, you know, I'm thinking back to last year. During the show, we're going to go over it and, I was like, man, it's just Gruden to me has changed. And I don't know if it's for the good, but um, maybe moving forward, like you said, this is a positive. Uh, the only issue, the only residue I left, I think that they left with the team, and I agree with you. I think it made Derek Carr into a more aware person. Maybe he wants to come out and truly be the MVP like he's really tried to the last couple of days or the last couple of games that we'll talk about. And it did bring the team together. But the truth is it also hurt the team from a production standpoint and as a, an organization with draft picks. I mean, we lost a third and a fifth and we could brought in another wide receiver free agent. Maybe that was available instead of having to deal with this damn Antonio Brown debacle. But as a franchise, it hurt us there. And then we need a playmaker on this team and we might've missed out on one person. It's not as dominant as him, but there might've been somebody else out there that we could have pursued, whether it be a, Offensive end or something with the money, something like that. But it did technically hurt our team a little bit. But in terms of the positives, you're you're 100 correct. Um, I think it it brought this team closer together as a unit, and they proved it in game one, and they really tried to prove it uh, yesterday. So I'm okay with it. I just, but I'm worried about Mike Mayock and how Gruden looks in the future. You know, if we continue losing. You know, there might be some animosity with certain players, you know, in terms of, you know, Gruden always, you know, saying he loves Antonio Brown or whatnot. I'm just worried about, I worry too much. All right, let's move on. Any final words for Antonio Brown, if you could say personal to him? No, no, <laughs> I wouldn't. No, I wouldn't say a word to him if I was sitting next to him on a bus. I No, I got nothing for that guy. Yeah. If I was Derek Carr, I would take the leadership role and be like, oh, we wish you the best. <laughs> but I'm not I'm not Derek Carr. I'm Mikey Raider. And Mikey Raider is going to say a few words to Antonio Brown. Uh, Antonio Brown, burn in hell for your evil nature. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. I mean, I hope he gets his life together, man. I mean, the guy's a father and he's got young kids. And for their sake, I hope he gets his stuff together. You know what I mean? But outside of that, no, he's he's a. No. He's just a bad person. <laughs> He's a bad guy. I hope he gets it together. I hope he turns some stuff around in his personal life. Real quick, your thoughts on Drew Rosehouse. I mean, my goodness. If if Antonio Brown is mentally ill and evil, is Drew Rosenhaus. Oh my gosh. Well, like, yeah, he we knew that from one of the way he dealt with T.O. 
And you know, uh, when I went to the Senior Bowl this year, there was only two people that were mean to me. One of them works for the Raiders Digital Media, so I'm not going to give his name. Uh, and then Drew Rosenhaus. Drew Rosenhaus, totally prime timey. He was such a jerk. And so, no, I don't have any love for him from T.O. to my personal interactions with him to now this. I'm like, no, he's... He's a freaking lawyer, man. And look, I don't know if you've, how much, well, yeah, I know you've dealt with lawyers. They're, you know, look, I know everybody's got a job to do. And for any lawyers listening, you know, save your tweets. I'm not totally hating on you, but there are some lawyers that are the scum of the earth. Like, and Drew Rosenhaus is one of them. He's an agent. And he's a lawyer. That's why they get yeah. to be agents, you know? Yeah, there are, no, now, right. there are some that are wonderful, like Alexa Stabler, like she's an amazing agent and a lawyer. And like, so she's wonderful. And there are many, many wonderful lawyers and people, you know what I'm saying? But this guy represents the worst of that. I don't even want to speak of it. Every I time I see him on let's screen, on. I just, yeah, let's go. No, I, I appreciate it. Thank you. Raider nation for letting us talk even more, but I'm done, dude. Like I need to, I need to cleanse my soul. So um, in terms of cleansing, California passed a law for NCAA athletes or colleges to pay their athletes. Like, I don't know the true details, whether it be a minimum wage or whatnot, but the NCAA, they want to fight this lawsuit in California, and they're going to try to boycott some of the colleges from being in their tournament and all that other stuff. First off, do you think athletes or college athletes should be paid? And what do you think of the NCAA trying to fight it and maybe boycotting these colleges from competing in the tournaments? Well, I think they should be compensated somehow. Considering the amount of money that they raise for the universities, and look, let's not make any bones about it, you know, Alabama football, you know, we talk about the amount of revenue that that program, and not just Alabama, but many, many, uh, you talk about the amount of money that they generate for the universities. It's astronomical. And to, to not include the players in some sort of compensation in addition to their scholarships, I think is a little bit of a disservice. And while I just said that, I also don't understand a fair way that you can pull it off to compensate them because no matter what, you're going to have advantage as Alabama, as Notre Dame, as whoever else, when you have these big revenue generating programs, you're going to automatically have more revenue to then give out to your players. And you're going to eventually turn this thing into a recruiting system. Free agency, like free agency. Exactly. Exactly. So I don't, I'm not going to pretend to have an answer on how to fix it, but I do think they should be compensated. Here's what I, here's what I think that I think that you could generate a, you something that's a uniform payment system for likeness rights now i'm not talking about like jerseys and stuff are tricky because again if you're alabama and you sell to a you know tag of jerseys you're going to sell a lot more than if you're you know asher o'hara at middle tennessee state university right you're just the, the the opportunity to sell more is there for him than others so you're talking about generating revenue based on the school but likeness rights like for ncaa football which we all miss and, and having the, 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 the college game on our, our PlayStations and on our, on our Xboxes, that's something where you could pay each player for their likeness rights, and everyone that's in the game gets paid. Just like the NFLPA represents every player in the NFL, and every player in the NFL gets paid in a certain amount of money for being in the game. Well, you could essentially do the same thing for college players. I think that something that's uniform like that, that you could definitely reward them in that way. But those other ways of like, 
that's tough, man, because like any business, you have big business and small business. You have Lowe's and you have Ace Hardware. Well, how's Ace Hardware going to compete on a wage compete on a wage scale to Lowe's when they generate so much less revenue? You know what I'm saying? Like it's just yeah. the economics of it. So I, I I think the NCAA is right in treating it the way that they are, but I applaud them for at least considering opportunities, you know, but look, uh, likeness rights, appearances, you know, if, if look, if, if you're, again, I use Tua again as an example, if you want to go out to your local, I don't know, Buffalo Wild Wings and go sign gear or jerseys or whatever and get five bucks an auto, like, why not? Like, who's, I don't, I mean, you know what I mean? That doesn't, when you're a college student and you're on scholarship, you can go drive a Lyft or an Uber or deliver pizzas or whatever, like, you can get a job. So why not let these guys go out and earn on their own as long as it's not sponsored by the university? I, again, I don't know. I'm just That's what the law is saying, yeah. yeah I I'm think just, the law is saying that they can work and make money on top of being – sorry, I cut you off. That's but, fine. you know, I think that's what the law is so they can work, earn money, sell jerseys, you know, without getting fined by, the, you know, the NCAA and, and, and losing games and all that. That they can earn a living wage on the side of playing athletes uh, – uh, excuse me, on the side as work as well. I think that's what the official law is doing. But as long as it's not facilitated by the university, and this is where, again, you get into these blurry lines, man, because, okay, so if you're Tua, and what if, you know, your sponsor or your whoever is the one that's setting up your appearances and organizing the event and they're supplying you with jerseys to sign and they're doing all of that? Well, that's something that someone at Alabama could do, but not at middle Tennessee state university. It will be a big, there's a big difference there. So that's where you have to have some sort of checks and balances in place, you know, and they and they have all those things now and they get violated. So let alone if you open up earning opportunity, I mean, so again, I'll pretend to have an answer, but I, I, I applaud it. And I think these, these young men should definitely earn something for what they're doing. They're putting their bodies on the line. They're generating a ton of revenue. You got 109,000 people that show up at Neyland Stadium. Like, they're not showing up there for the volleyball team. They're showing up there to see these football players. So, reward them. Yeah, but again, um, it's not the NCAA that is allowing this. It's the state of California. So, only the California schools are going to allow this. And then, hopefully, other states will take it on. So, we're going to have to see what happens in the future. But I do... I am proud that the state of California made this ruling for some of the athletes, and I hope it transcends into the the official college athletes as a whole moving forward. So congratulations, California, for trying to lead in some sort of a category. Uh, All right, there's not only the Al Davis family called the first family. There was an article that came out the other day by The Ringer where they went into detail about the Romanowskis. They are the equipment manager family that have been with Raiders throughout their history. Romanski. One generation to the next. So I, I just wanted to get your thoughts because you, to me, are like an, a legacy expert. And I do know who Bill Romanowski and all these people are. I love them. But you're the legacy expert. Talk about the Romanowski people and Rom- maybe the article. It's Romanski. Romanski. Why am I saying Romanowski? Because of Bill Romanowski. Yeah, why. yeah. So it's Bob and Dick Romanski is who you're thinking of. And um, yeah, so uh, so Al met him in the Army 
when they were in like the fifties or something. And then he came on board and, and then carried on. And then his son uh, carried on the legacy um, as the equipment manager. Oh, there you go. Nice pic- picture there. So uh, carried on the legacy. And yeah, there's only been two equipment managers in the entire history of the Raiders organization. And that's Bob and Dick Romanski. And we actually did a, fi- it's been a minute ago now, but it's about a year and a half ago. We did a feature on these guys on Raiders fan radio. We did a, we have a segment we call black hole of the internet where I kind of dive into some story and kind of get into the depths of the story. And I'll, I'll go back and dig that up and I'll, I'll, I'll post that up for, for people to go back and listen to, but yeah, but it's a, it's a really neat story that this father and son team have represented uh, the Raiders in this, in this area. And uh, you know, this is again, faith, family football. It's um, this is another family story, you know, and there are numerous stories like this within the Raiders organization from, you know, these guys to run, run Jones. Do you mention Al Davis? I'm like, you know what I mean? Like there's so many cool legacy stories about people that were, have literally been with the organization for lifetimes. And it's just, it's just awesome. And it's something that differentiates the Raiders from every other organization and, uh, and Raider nation, especially for those of you that are younger fans. If you don't know who run, run Jones is, if you don't know who the Romanskis are, do a little digging, do a little online research and find out if you don't know, you know, you know, the legacy of Al Davis and, uh, you know, and, and the, you know, like, here's another one for you. I know this is kind of off topic, but you know, Al Davis's title was never the owner of the Raiders. He was the, the, the managing general partner. Well, go find out, go dig into that Raider nation. Go find out why he was called the general partner and what Al Davis did to acquire the majority shares of the Raiders and what, what, what he did ultimately to become the owner, but he was never named the owner. It was just, it's fascinating stuff. It's legacy stuff. And, and, and so I'm glad you, and thank you for you to, for, to bringing up the Romanskis because these are the kind of tales of Raider nation that makes them unique and special and often don't get told. Correct. And then there was a video, a video I watched a couple days ago, maybe last week, and I'm pretty sure it was on Raiders.com, but uh, uh, Bob Romanowski. Romanski. Son, right? Roman. Roman. Like, think of like Roman, like, the, like a Roman soldier. Romanski. Trust me, when I get a name wrong in my head, it stays there forever. <laughs> like Jonathan Abreem or whatever I was calling him for years. Romanski. There you go. But, uh, yeah. There's a, there's a video where him, Derek Carr, and all the players while they're getting equipment – playing mini basketball they're throwing mini basketballs into the into the and he's playing with them he lost and all the Derek Carr and other players but they were having a good time so it's a pleasure for the players to go work see a familiar face there's also forgive me I don't know his name but there's a young Spanish gentleman that I've seen on Raiders.com on the field not only with the equipment but like picking up balls in training camp and all that other stuff for about 15 years now. There's a young Spanish man. And then now all of a sudden he's like an assistant coach, like working his way up the chart. Like he's an assistant, like defensive back, assistant, assistant, assistant coach. You know, he's like the fourth assistant on the payroll. But this guy, I, I'm going to find out the story. I'm going to look into that. But he's working his way up and he's been with the Raiders forever. And it's just a pride to see the family, the legacy, the love for all these people to stay with the team. I don't know. Did the article go into, I finished reading the whole thing, but uh, did the article say, is he moving to Vegas? Uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't, I don't remember seeing that in the article. Um, I would imagine, I'd imagine that he is. I mean, you know, look, they moved to LA with him or Dick did Dick Romanski, the dad, 
You know, right. so I would imagine Bob Romanski is going to move with them to Vegas. I mean, that's not something you just give up, right? You're talking about a. I know. He's, I, I he's what like because Oakland and all that other stuff. I'm sure he does. But you know, Bob Romanski's 57 years old, so I mean, he's he's had a job. Like, think about that. Like, you know what I mean? Like, that's his job is 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 with the Raiders, and so yeah, I would imagine he's going to move down there with them. I know it's just a good question because a lot of super fans are kind of they can't afford it. You know, like the super fans that actually pay for the games. So like violator and stuff like that. Like, I don't know if I can go to Vegas. I don't know if I can spend a hotel. I don't know if I can, you know, spend tickets. I don't know if I can sit in a black hole. Will there be a black hole? Yeah. It's but, just an interesting question. Yeah, but these are guys that like their salary maybe, I don't know, say they make a hundred grand a year, but they get like six figure tips from guys like Derek Carr and stuff. You know what I'm saying? Like they get they're they're very well. When you've been uh, an employee of the Raiders for, you know, 40 years, you know, yeah, you're, you're, you're doing all right. No, you're right. But I just, I was like, Oh, they got a whole, do they have to sell their house? You know, like all that other well, stuff. Sure. I mean, yeah, that's a relocation. I'm sure. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. but that's sure. what you do sometimes for your job. I mean, and they're, they're a job for a corporation, just like you or I would, or anybody listening would be. And sometimes your corporation moves and you either, choose to move with them or you don't you know what i mean like so yeah I, but yeah, i imagine he's gonna move though the legacy, you're right the legacy i just yeah. i worry about everybody murph i freak out on everything murph stop worrying man our legacies are intact man we're good all right speaking of legacy gruden one year later this raiders team one year later from our videos if you guys want to go back and watch our mondays in mikey and murph last year i was a really salty human being for the most Ooh. part <laughs> yeah you were <laughs> I'm trying, I'm trying to get on that positive tip every year. It's a struggle, but one year later, um, give me your thoughts on Gruden and the progression of this team as a whole. And I'm cable on Paul Gunther, Derek Carr. Just give me your thoughts on our Raiders one year later. Yeah. I mean, I, I, you know, if I were to give them a grade, I'd give them a positive one. I think that, you know, the, the team roster is drastically improved. Um, I interviewed, uh, interviewed Bill Williamson last week, a uh, long time, uh, Raiders reporter. And, um, and that was, you know, look, and, and a lot of people have accused Bill over the years of being a hater. And, and, and he's a little, little saucy at times with his criticism and not things that I always agree with. Uh, but so that said, knowing that that's typically his disposition, I mean, he was highly complimentary of, of, of the Raiders and, and, and what they've done with this roster. And so I think from those terms, so when you look at Gruden and Mayock and what they've built, aside from the criticism that I levied at them earlier, if they were to have ignored any of this AB stuff, uh, that aside, I think that if they get, uh, you know, nothing but praise from me from the way that this has all worked out, I think that they conducted themselves with through the hard knocks thing and, and, and all the, you know, whatever, any of the criticism from Mac to Carr to, to AB to all of that, I thought they've done in, in incredibly well with it. Uh, so if we then look at, you want to break down the specifics of like a Tom Cable, um, I was as critical as Tom Cable as anybody was, but all of a sudden we come in then to week one and we hold, uh, you know, Bradley Chubb and Von Miller at bay and Derek Carr doesn't get touched and everybody's like, oh, okay, well, maybe he's not so bad, you know? So we got to be quick not to judge. We got to wait and see all these things play out. And then Gunther, um, 
you know, between him and Coach Buckner, like they are the standouts of, in terms of like organizational improvement. I mean, Gunther is going to be a head coach in the NFL. I'm not, I'm not, there's no doubt in my mind he's going to be a head coach with another year or two of improvement of this Raiders defense. And while we struggled, and we're going to talk plenty about the Chiefs game, while we had some, some glaring issues uh, this, this game last night. As an overall, not only are we improved as a roster, but schematically and like, you know, when you look at the way the Raiders, you know, they play with intensity and arrive at the football with intention and like, you know what I mean? Like it's a different looking team now with Gunther's influence. And so I definitely, I, I think as an overall, I, I give them, you know, I give them applause. Now there, we were four and 12 last year. If we're four and 12 this year, ask me in week 17 and I will probably have a different answer for you. But as of today, yeah, I give them high marks. Yeah. Um, I have to agree. I think last year was a real negative time in life in terms of everything. And for many people, with the return of Gruden, uh, but one year later, I'm going to say like, I mean, he's growing on me. And he's proving he's all in it to win it, whether he's making the right decisions or not with players or whatnot. You know, some could say incognito as well, you know, stuff like that. But Gruden is proving to me, and it doesn't matter to anybody but me, but he's proved to me that he wants to win. And that goes a long way to me because I just thought he was a sideshow, you know, and he still possibly is at many times, but he's proving that he wants to win by doing all of these moves and he's proving by telling Derek Carr that he loves him. He's trying to make it work regardless of what the damn experts say. He's trying to make Derek Carr his guy and it's working for the most part. And I am 100% proud of Gruden on that aspect. Tom Cable, uh, he got a lot of criticism, but Gruden gave him some boys to work with. Uh, and these young players like Jordan Devy and stuff like that, I mean, they balled out week one. They did a pretty decent job yesterday as well. Yeah. But for these young players, for Tom Cable to come off of that criticism and for him to build the O-line into like a massive 400-pound O-line for almost every offensive lineman and to get Colton Miller looking that much better, even in week two from last year with an injury, uh, I, I, I like what Tom Cable's showing so far. Paul Gunther, uh, he's a genius. He's a madman meaning he's a mad genius, uh, and he's dialing up some amazing stuff. And the players got heart and they got passion, especially on defense with the additions of like Abram and Vontez Perfect. And I applaud the Raiders for trying to make our defense 100% tough because we've been missing that for a long while. But unfortunately, the dang injury to Abram took away a little bit of our toughness. But we're going to get it back with Vontez playing like he does – I love what Paul Gunther's doing. And then Derek Carr, let's just move on to that aspect of it. Um, I think Derek Carr is 100% trying to prove that he's an MVP candidate. I think Derek Carr took a long look at himself this past season with the criticism from experts and all that. And I think Derek Carr, he always plays bad against the Chiefs. Any color that's red like the devil, he seems to play bad against. I'm just look back at the history, guys. But Derek Carr is an MVP candidate, and I loved what I saw from him. And I just asked you the question, what do you think changed for Derek Carr to become a record breaker, an MVP candidate, and 100% he is the leader of this team. He is the leader of this team now. Uh, I think that the, his surroundings have changed. You know, and this is what I 
this is the the drum I've been banging for ever since people started picking on Derek Carr is that you, we can't evaluate Carr entirely by by in, in a vacuum, I should say. That you have to consider the things that are going on around him, and when you look at who we had on our football team, really since he got here, and the amount of fluctuation we've had since he's got here, it's hard to give an honest and fair evaluation of Derek Carr and what his potential ultimately is going to be. And I think that until he's got consistency in coaching and consistency in talent around him, at that point, we can then evaluate him. And, you know, after week one, it was like, I said it on Raiders Fan Radio, I'm like, anybody that's ever had an issue with Derek Carr or anybody that's ever had a question whether he can throw the deep ball or whether he's a leader or whether they like stifle yourselves, like get over yourself. Like, <laughs> like you, stifle yourself? you know what I mean? Like get over yourself. Like it's, it's yes, he can. And I don't know what else he needs to do to, to, you know, to end that debate. And, you know, after yesterday's game and all this talk started to resurface again on Twitter, I'm like, you people are just, and look, I'm, I'm going to insult a lot of you and I don't care. You're ignorant. Like get over yourself. Like he's not a bad quarterback. Did they have miscommunications? Yes. I mean, I'm not going to, I'm not going to protect him for, or, or apologize for, for, for him for that. Did he have an unprecedented freaking offensive pass interference call that led to an interception? Yes. You know what I mean? So when you look at it, you look at these two picks and they're like, oh, he threw interceptions. He threw it in the end zone. Yeah, but it wasn't like he made a bad read. It wasn't like he made a bad throw even. There was a miscommunication, just like there was on defense, but I don't hear anybody screaming, Keyshawn Nixon needs to be replaced tomorrow. You know what I'm saying? Like, so anybody for this and this this criticism towards Derek Carr, just get over yourself. Just get over yourself and understand he is now your all-time leading passer in yardage. He's going to pass Kenny Stabler in his 150 touchdowns or whatever it is here eventually. And he's going to be your quarterback for the, you know, however many years future until God forbid something happens injury wise or something else. Like this is the guy, man. And there's nothing wrong with him. He's a great leader. He's a great athlete. He's back to moving outside the pocket again. And I'm not getting on total tangent yep. again here, Mikey, but he's moving outside the pocket. If that jump for the first down doesn't tell you everything you need to know about Derek Carr, then look, I don't know what else to tell. I don't know what else you want. Like what else do you want in a quarterback you know what I mean? Like, who else do you want? You want Patrick Mahomes? Is that what you want, Raider Nation? You want freaking Kermit the Frog? Like, what else do you want? Like, there's not... You want Eli Manning? Yeah. Like, you it's a really short list of guys that are playing better than Derek Carr is right now. And they're all MVP candidates. So, like, what else do you want? Like, it's just... It drives me bananas. There are... And this... And I'm going to shut up after this because I can feel myself getting fired up. There are... <laughs> This is what my, arg- my, my thing was last year. There are so many things to criticize the Raiders about. The Raiders are not above criticism, and despite you calling me a bootlicker and an apologist out there, I definitely do not apologize for a lot of things about the Raiders. We have struggles in our pass rush still. We have struggles with our defensive secondary still. Like, you want to get mad about something? Get mad about the idea that the lack of preseason led to lack of communication, led to breakdowns when one of our starters went out. What's that tell you? means we don't have any depth. means there could be a, 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 a question in coaching. Who knows? Like, criticize that but leave Derek Carr alone he ain't the problem man all right I'm done true a year later Mikey 
I'd still trust him with my kids. I don't care. Beat the Broncos on Monday Night Football. It was a victory Monday. So let's do it. Oh, thank God. We started the season with a victory. Victory! <laughs> Raider Nation, every time we have a victory, whether it be one and one, we are going to celebrate a victory Monday whenever we can on this channel because the truth is we're Raider fans. Victories are far and far between, so we deserve the right to celebrate every single one, and we're going to do that. This is a victory Monday. This is the game review. We're going to review two games in this segment because we're going to have a show before the last game. But this was the picture that summed it all up. Right before the Monday night football game, there was Antonio Brown headlines. Gruden was looking a little pissed. What's going to happen? Then Derek Carr <laughs> and the team did their thing, and they beat the Broncos. Then John Gruden is smiling. That is picture. Sums up the entire Well game. done, I Mikey. I love this picture. I saw it online. I saw them during the game. Uh, just your response to this picture of the costume. I, I, I know. I love it. 100% awesome. Yeah, it looks good. And I dig they picked Mad Max's number. Max. Oh, it's the classiest picture I've ever seen in my life. I, I freaking love it. So the Raiders beat the Broncos 20 to 16. Heck yeah. Um, they dominated throughout the game. The score might not say that much, but the Raiders dominated throughout. Uh, and Tyrell Williams proved himself to be a 100% stud. And Josh Jacobs proved himself to be a 100% stud. And Derek Carr proved that he can get it done and he could throw the ball down the field. What's your instant reaction to that game? How did you feel? Um, what are your thoughts on the game while we look at stats? Yeah, well, it was impressive the way that the offensive line held up. I thought that was awesome. Obviously, Josh Jacobs was awesome. Um, but to me, the biggest standout, and sadly, losing you know Abram for the year after this game was just literally heartbreaking after the way that that the, the defense played. But you know, when I'm trying not to con compare to the Chiefs game, I'm trying to just keep this in isolated and think about the Bronco game exclusively. The speed, and when I mentioned it earlier, the speed on defense and the amount of intention that we had when we arrived to the football and the way that they swarmed and the, the energy and just everything that was there, the whole dynamic of the defense is completely different than what we're used to, man. This was really fun to watch. I mean, they were feeling it. And now whether they were fueled on emo by emotion because of the whole AB thing or whatever, Monday Night Football, I don't know. I don't care, but it looked great. And they looked good. And it was a lot of fun to watch. You know, Benson Mayoa getting a couple of sacks. You know, Farrell getting in there and getting a sack. Like, I mean, that was just a lot of fun to watch. I mean, that was a good time to be a Raider fan watching that Monday night game. And, uh, yeah, that was, that, that was great. You know, I went to the Monday night game last year, the home opener, when we lost to the Rams. And now this was like, you know, the last home opener, the last Monday night game, the Kings of Monday night have returned and we beat those <laughs> stupid donkeys ass, man. That was great, man. That was a lot of fun. And, that was, and you know, uh, I will say this in terms of the, this game that happened yesterday, that Broncos game was enough to kind of carry me through like as much of, of a letdown as it was this game really set up like, all right, there was a lot of grace to be given because of how good this was and i love your 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 stat line uh there with 100 scrimmage yards and two rushing tds you know uh, only 
Three other running backs for the Raiders have done that on Monday Night Football, and that is Clem Daniels, uh, Bo Jackson, and Marcus Allen. So, I mean, this dude is in killer company, man. 100%. I mean, look, let emotion carried the Raiders, but how far? The Raiders are who we hope and we know they are. The Raiders are a much improved team from last season. The experts, you know, that they just want to crush our Raiders. And they proved that they can get it done. And I love the game plan by Olsen, Gruden, Gunner, whoever else. I freaking loved it. And they had numbers of the Broncos. And I freaking loved it. The Raiders are who we know they are. And they are a 100% improved team from last season. Because think about it this way. If they're predicting us to win like seven or eight games, and we only won four last year. Well, that's a hundred percent different, possibly. Yeah. <laughs> so no, no matter what, we're a hundred percent better than we were last year. And the Raiders proved that they're going to win some games this year. Yes. So that being said, I am so excited. Raider Nation deserved a big victory on Monday Night Football, and I am freaking excited. Now that brings us to the Kansas City game. Uh, give me your first impressions on this game. I'll just quickly throw out mine, okay. and we'll look at some stats, and then we're going to go to the preview of the Vikings game. But I didn't want to give a prediction for this game because I knew we were outmatched. And that's no disrespect Raider Nation as a whole. I knew we were outmatched, and um, I, I, I knew in my heart that we would lose. I was hoping for a closer game. But that being said, we weren't outmatched. Yes, at the end of the game, we were a lot of injuries and miscommunication. But if a motion carried us in the first game, what did it do in the first quarter for the Raiders versus the Chiefs? Fantastic job. I'm not going to say the Raiders messed up. The Raiders did a fantastic job in that first quarter. Then whatever bad will happen end up happening. But the Raiders, for two weeks in a row, at least into the first quarter, he looked like a thousand percent better team, and I know we're going to win some games. So I loved what I saw from our Raiders, even though I'm upset we lost and all that other stuff, and we can dig deep into it in a minute. I loved what I saw. So I'm going to take positive because that was a fantastic first quarter to hold Mahomes until players started getting injured. Yeah, so um, absolutely. I, I, I think that it was discouraging in the moment because we all want our team to win. Um, but if I'd have told you going into this game, you were going to have the, you being the proverbial, you not, not, you were going to have a 10 point lead at the end of the first quarter. And you were going to shut the chiefs out, uh, to no points the first in, time in 22 games. Yeah. in the first quarter, and you were going to hold them scoreless in three quarters of a football game. I like our chances, right? I mean, like when you think about it in those terms, it, it really wasn't that bad. Now, the second quarter was atrocious. Um, but again, to go back to the, the, uh, the communication mistakes that I referred to earlier, you subtract those things out there, you subtract the one communication uh, issue we had on offense, all of a sudden this is a much different complexion to, the, to this football game. So what that leads me to to say is this, is that you cannot – make mistakes against a football team like this a teams like the chiefs the patriots even the saints or you know the rams i would put up there you you know you if if you make a mistake against aaron Rodgers, it costs you seven points 
you know, and, and the did, Chiefs. Did you know we held them? Um, score, sorry, I cut you off again, but I wanted to get it out before I forget. Did you know we held them scoreless in the first quarter and the fourth quarter and a little bit at the end of the third? And the third entirely, didn't we? All 28 points came in the second quarter. I thought I might be wrong, but you may be right. But yeah, no, they scored four touchdowns. Yeah, they scored four touchdowns in the second quarter. Mahomes joins a very short list of guys that have thrown four touchdown passes in one quarter. So that said, all right, so if when you make a mistake against an elite quarterback with an elite offense, they're going to make you pay. And so I think that's ultimately what it comes down to is that you can't make mistakes like that. And, you know, the Raiders just didn't have enough talent to keep up. They, I used this term last year, and people were like, what do you mean by that, Murph? I said the Raiders run out of talent. Well, look what happened. You lose Jonathan Abram, and guess what? We ran out of talent. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, what's the, the safety's name? I forget. Number uh, The guy that came in in, in relief. Curtis Riley. Curtis Riley. Thank you. Curtis Riley did a pretty good job. He seems like he's a good tackler. But there was a lot of communications, communication issues on the back end of the defense. And frankly, that's to be expected. I mean, it's, you know, but you can't do that. You can get away with that against Joe Flacco. You can't get away with that against Patrick Mahomes, man. It's, it's There's too much talent there. So what I would say to you this, Raider Nation, well, I'll give you one more thing actually too. The bad calls didn't help us either. You know, um, that call on Ryan Grant where I mentioned that he got called for the, you know, the pass interference and car through that interception, that was an, a, an awful call. I mean, that was, that was a, an absolutely ridiculous call. And then the one that really shifted the momentum was the, the, uh, the roughing the passer on Max Crosby. Like, what do you want from these guys? Like, I mean, the guy, what do you want him to do? Catch himself better with his recently broken hand? Like, what do you want? Like, what is your ex- expectation, Mr. Official? It's absolutely ridiculous on that on those two calls. But that didn't cost us the game. Abram didn't cost us the game. Having Not having Antonio Brown didn't cost us the game. We just, as, as, as uh, top to bottom, they're just a better football team. And so here's what I would say to you, the last thing, Raider Nation. For those of you that are out there screaming from the rooftops and all disappointed and butthurt and all that kind of stuff, I would say to you this. I've said it already a few times tonight, but I'm going I'm to repeat it. I get a lot of heck for being a Raider apologist on this show. Who's the Raider apologist if you thought we were going to go and beat the Chiefs? I didn't. I'm not let down and freaked out by it because I didn't expect us to win this freaking football game. I expect us to be 8-8, eight and eight, and now we're 1-1. One and one. And guess what? That's on track for 8-8. Eight and eight. I don't expect us to beat one of the best football teams in the league. And if you did, who's the apologist? Who's the one that's not living in reality? Yeah, we had a 10-point lead, and that was great, and I will never expect our team to fail, and I'll never root for it. But if you went into this game thinking that we were going to come away with a decisive victory, then you're fooling yourself. Just stop it. As Mikey said, we were a four-win team last year. If we're a four-wins better this year, that's 100% improvement, and that's about what we're looking at. So let's enjoy the Denver win. Let's get past the Casey loss, and let's move on to the Vikings. Yeah, um, in summary, and just a little additive to the responses game, uh, we did have some big injuries, and I will not blame the game on that. But uh, fortunately, apparently, Josh Jacobs hurt his groin because I didn't understand why they didn't use him more toward the end of the game. Yeah. Um, he, he was averaging 8.3 yards a carry. And I was like, I know we're down by 28 points or whatever the situation, 18 points at that time. And I'm like, where is Josh Jacobs? Uh, and then apparently uh, Tyrell Williams got a hit pointer. I don't know how serious of an injury that is. Uh, Trent Brown hurt his knee. That's a little scary to talk about. 
Um, and then there was another injury to another player, Oguchi Harris, uh, with an ankle injury. So we did not come out of this game scathed, to say the least. Um, but, yeah, we ran out of talent. That's a good word for it. I mean, we had nobody to take the top off of this team. And Gruden said in his press conference, they said, why didn't you throw the ball deep? And then Gruden said, we did. We made those calls, but the ball wasn't thrown down there. So then people want to place the blame on Carr. But we didn't have a J.J. Nixon who's been on the inactive list exactly. for two weeks in a row. I mean, he's our burner. He's our only burner on the team. There is nobody else. Tyrell Williams is a half and half. He's a route run half burner. But J.J. Nelson is needed and we're, we're just lacking. We were so good with the wide receiver position coming into this year. And now struggling. We're struggling, guys. You know, that that said. Uh, but I like what I saw from this team. If Josh Jacobs can get healthy, we continue running the ball. And Derek Hart needs to make better decisions. He tends to freak out every once in a while when the team is behind. When the team is behind against a great team, he does freak out on occasion, and he's got to clean that up. But that being said, he's a leader, and I love what I see from this team, and I'm going to end that. Uh, all right, so let's get into a quick game preview. This is the Minnesota. We, go, we, place the, we, excuse me, we play the Vikings next week. The Vikings, Kirk Cousins does look so great so far. They got a well defense as well. These are our head-to-head records. So what do you expect the Vikings game? Uh, what do you want to see us improve on? And give me a prediction if you, if you don't mind. Yeah, so I, I'm excited about this one. This is going to be a fun game because I think they're vulnerable, right? I mean, you mentioned that Cousins is not playing great. Um, you know, he reportedly stole $84 million from a local football team, from what I hear. Um, so, I mean, you know, the, the, you know, the guy uh, is he, – he can be got to. This is not Patrick Mahomes we're going against. And, uh, and, I, and I think it all ultimately comes down to, like, many things and. In, in, in defensive football, it's of how much pressure you're going to get. And we're getting pressure, man. Like, I mean, we, we got, you know, Mayo, a man with another one and a half sacks. So he's got three and a half on the year. Like he's in the. Yeah, but nobody else is doing anything, Murph. I'm sorry. On the defensive edge, nobody else is doing well, anything. Well, Farrell's getting disruptive, man. Key is not. And I that was surprising to me. I thought Key was going to be a little more disruptive. But I think little baby Cleland is doing pretty. He's doing pretty. He's, a, he's at least active, right? Like you see him. Like you see him in there on plays. But anyways, but that said, um, so, I mean, you know, we, we get to, to Kirk Cousins, disrupt him a little bit. I mean, Diggs is going to give us problems. That's, you know, when this Chiefs offense that we just faced was minus Tyreek Hill. So we did a pretty good job of locking down Watkins for the most part. But that's a far cry from Adam Thielen and Stephon Diggs. And you know what I'm saying? So they got some weapons, man. They got a lot of people that we're going to have to cover. Uh, so I'm a little nervous about that. Um, but I'm going to trust that they're going to fix those communication issues and not give up third and 20 touchdowns. Lord have mercy. Like, back up. Keep everybody in front of you. Don't let anybody behind you. Like, come on, Raiders. You know what I'm saying? Like, as long we as need we need to play man to man, Murph, we need to play man to man. The zone and the communication with these young players is not working. Raiders well, it's not working now, but you, got, but you got to remember it's a different skill set, man to zone. So we can't just put out a blanket statement like that and expect it. Uh, you know, it, it, can you do like a cover two shell kind of thing where you got maybe like cover two, you know what I mean? Or, or, or like you, you played safeties deep with a cover two and then man to man down low or whatever. Like I could see something like that maybe, but I mean, you got to be careful with that because you can't just. 
You're not just going to swap schemes and stuff. You Dude, know what I mean? Darren they got to fix talking has to been each other balling out. He's balling out. I mean, yeah, when they had a couple of big touchdowns, he made the tackle, but it wasn't because him. It was because the other player missed their coverage. Darion Conley let go of his guy to try to make a tackle. And Darryl Worley, yeah. we haven't heard anything from him. That means they're not throwing the ball his direction and he's covering his guys. We heard everything about every other player besides Darion Conley and Darryl Worley. They are man-to-man corners, and I wish the Raiders would be a man-to-man team on every single play I, throughout their history. I would not be surprised if in this game, considering the way that we got burnt deep in those coverages, in order for them to fix those communications issues, they signed LaMarcus Joyner with the intention of keeping him down low and covering the slot with the Abram injury and considering how deep, how much of a threat this Vikings offense can be, I'm surprised they didn't do it against the Chiefs, but I get it why it was fresh off the, the first week. But it would not, I would not be surprised to see LaMarcus Joyner play a little bit deeper in coverage this time and bring in Mullen or somebody else to start giving them more responsibilities down low and then back in Joyner up because he's a ball hawk, man. Like that's what he does, right? So, and that's what we needed. Like if you think about what if that was Joyner and not Curtis Riley back there on a lot of those plays. How does that look different? I mean, again, I'm not pretending that's the answer, but what does that look like? Um, I don't know. Might have been better. So I would not be surprised. If look, these aren't dumb guys. And that's, uh, look, I, I rhapsodized about Paul Gunther earlier. I got faith in him, man. They're, they're going to fix it. They're going to they're gonna do something different. This is not Dennis Allen who's just going to keep marching out the same crap week <laughs> after week. Like, they're going to change. They're going to adjust. They're going to move on. You know what I mean? So we're, we're okay, Raider Nation. I mean, I, I think we're good to... Look, again, Bill Williamson said this on the show. His expectation of the Raiders this year is like, you know, it's not even wondering if they're going to be competitive in every game. It's literally wondering if they're going to win every game because they're going to compete. So we're going to go into to Minnesota and their skull and their stupid freaking chants and their dumbass hairdos and horns and motorcycles and all them damn idiots. And we're going to go in there and compete and we're going to remind them who beat their ass in Super Bowl eleven. I love it. Oh, Murph, you fire me up sometimes. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, let's be honest. I mean, I think we, we're more matched to the Vikings than we were the Chiefs. Uh, and the Vikings are, like, a little bit better than the Broncos. And what's his name? Kirk Cousins? He's like a Flacco 2.0 for me. He might be a, a little bit better than Flacco. He's like a Flacco 2.0. So if we shut down the damn Broncos and they're barely better, I think, I think we're going to do okay. But we do need more – we need a better defensive edge rusher to, to make some plays. Carroll, he can't put all, and he's not only an edge rusher, but you're right. Arden Key, uh, some other players got to step up. Or gosh forbid, you, the Raiders need to go out there with whatever money they got right now, and they need to pick either a safety or another cornerback or an edge rusher. They need to do that just to prove again Okay. Everywhere. okay, let me throw this out, uh, and this isn't in the rundown, but I, I put up a poll on Raiders Fan Radio earlier today, and uh, and we got a lot of passionate responses about it. So Jalen Ramsey is requested to be traded. Uh, yep. Minka Fitzpatrick, as we know, has requested to be traded. I have always been a firm believer that the draft is a crapshoot, and if you have a chance to acquire a young player who is a sure thing, even if it costs you a high draft pick, you do it because – What's the whole point of the draft is to acquire young, talented players. And sometimes you miss. Well, if you got a guy, but if you got a guy like Minka Fitzpatrick, who is established, who great, the highest graded defensive player for the Dolphins last week against the Patriots. Guess who it was Minka Fitzpatrick. So is it worth it? I think so. The answer is always yes 
to use that draft pick to get that player, especially somebody like Fitzpatrick, who's still going to be playing his rookie contract for a few more years. So, you know, Ramsey's a little different. He's going to want to get paid, but you could probably pick him up for something less than that, that first, you know? So here's what I'm saying. It would not surprise me if the Raiders did that. I think the dilemma, the only thing keeping the Raiders back is Carl Joseph because Carl, Carl Joseph is in a prove it season. And if you, if you spend a first to get Fitzpatrick, who was also Mike Mayock's highest graded safety. If you spend a first to get him, you're essentially saying, Carl Joseph, we don't need you anymore. And you're going to send him out the door. So you're losing draft capital in that way. So you got to play the economics right. So I'm not saying this is a slam dunk, but I'm saying there's a lot of appropriate consideration going on to whether the Raiders should, should trade for either Ramsey or Fitzpatrick. Mikey, what say you? Uh, look, if you have a chance to get a player like Jalen Ramsey with players like Abram come next year, the toughness with Vontez perfect, Jalen Ramsey exudes that. Um, and if John Gruden can put up with Antonio Brown, then he can surely put up with uh, Jalen Ramsey for the toughness on our defense. You 100% go out and get Jalen Ramsey. You do it. You give up a first-round pick. Too bad we don't have a third and a fifth now to add to that to give the damn Jaguars because of the Antonio Brown, but you go out and do it. There's no guarantee you get a player of Jalen Ramsey's character. I mean, um, caliber play on the field or caliber caliber in the draft. Uh, and you do that. We need help. It. Could you imagine Jonathan Abram, Jalen Ramsey, maybe Ooh. even Carl Joseph, if they could figure out how to pay him, Carl, I mean, what's his name? Carl Joseph, how much will he get next year? 10 million? We got like 90 million free. You know, we, maybe we can get two players. Mika Fitzpatrick, he's the prototypical player that Gruden and Mayock and Gunther want right now because they they did kept six safeties on the team. They want the safeties to play like cornerback and linebackers. Yeah, that's so what I'm saying. Like, does both. Like, think about yeah. that. Like, look, I know that, look, I understand the value of a first-round draft pick. I'm not playing stupid to that. And, and, I'm, not, and I'm not the guy that plays like, you know, uh, GM like we're playing Madden here. Like, I'm not an unrealistic trader. I'm not the guy who goes, oh, we need to trade for that guy. We need to trade for that guy. Trade for that guy. Trade for that guy. We know, that, you never hear me talk about that stuff. But we're talking about adding, okay, if, it, if our starting secondary next year is Jonathan Abram, Minka Fitzpatrick, Jalen Ramsey, Gary Conley with Joyner coming in to cover the slot, and also Gary Conley. Like, are you kidding? Like, holy balls. Like, that's bananas. Like, I mean, is that worth a couple of picks? I mean, probably. I mean, I don't know. Again, and I'm not that guy. I'm not that guy to be like, trade, trade, trade. Not at all. I'm all about working this draft and building from within and all that. I'm all about that. But you're talking about not only unique talent, but unique talent that fits perfectly for what we need right now. Like, they've got to be having these discussions in Alameda. There, there's no way that these guys aren't seriously considering putting together an offer. Now, I'm all about not overspending, I, and I don't want them to do that. As much as I just, you know, freaked out about how cool that would be, I don't want them to overspend. I don't want them to go all Carson Palmer here and don't mortgage our future for one or two players. Don't do that. But if you can get them for, like, what one year's bounty would be worth, 
dude. I think I'm all about it, Mikey. I am too. I don't think Jalen Ramsey, even though he said the Raiders was one of his destinations because of Las Vegas, and you know there might be drama there with character money. I don't know, but I'm not going to talk about that. But if you can get Jalen Ramsey, I, I say you do it. I, I, and if we have to give up the Khalil Mack pick, that again the Chicago Bears in the playoffs again, it'll be a late round pick. If you can give up that first round pick for Jalen Ramsey, you do it. We got 14 million extra from Antonio Brown. Give it to him. Danica Fitzpatrick, they want to give it to him. Do it. Do it. He's the prototypical safety cornerback, and he can run around the field. He can even be there on punt return, kickoff returns. You got to do it. You got to do it, and you got to go out and build a team. And I don't know. You got to do it. So I hope they look into it, and I hope by this time, next two weeks, maybe that's happening. But the Raiders do need to look on free agency for a defensive edge rusher Somebody else, because I, I, I don't like what I see so far, Murph, from our young players. Uh, but, hey, whatever. Give me a prediction for the Vikings score. Yeah, you know, going on the road and winning, like, I mean, that's going to be a tall order for the Raiders. But I, it's, it's, I really want to pick them to win. But my, my brain tells me no. My brain tells me that, 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 that that's a little bit too much. But And I don't even remember what I picked when, when we did our season prediction and all that but uh look i'm a raider fan i'm not gonna root for them to lose and i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna trust that they can go on the road and win a close game and that will erase a lot of what happened last even though last week wasn't as or yesterday wasn't as bad as it as the optics were at times uh when you really break it down but get, give me the raiders in a win close one let's go 21 uh 24 raiders cool i agree i think we're more evenly matched uh with this team and again, if this is going to be a season of up, down, up, down, up, down, then this would be a week of up. And if their car and the team, the offensive line's incognito coming back, um, you know, that might add a little bit of fuel to the fire as well. And, you know, they're going to clean up some issues that had versus the Chiefs. And Kirk Cousins ain't the best. Uh, but they do got Dalvin Cook. And, you know, wow, that guy looks amazing you this know, year. You know, it's a trip about this game. If I could just interject something here. I'm going to the game on uh, November 3rd against the Lions. That's the next time the Raiders will play at home. Let's think about that. Yeah. This is the beginning. This, this is okay. the beginning, Raider Nation. This is when it gets tough. So starting it off with a win, going two and one out of the gate, that would that would mean a lot. That would mean a lot for the momentum of our season here under the into this middle stretch, because this is going to be a rough one. Yeah, I picked the Raiders to lose, I believe, in my my thing but you know what i'm just gonna ride the waves this is gonna be an up week the raiders win 28 to 27 that boy mikey vikings let's go that's positivity for you all right this is mondays with mikey and Murph. you can pick up a t-shirt with our faces to support our channel the link is down below there is the phone number to call ask us question also on raiderfanradio.com pick up your get made shirts if you will the links are below, or you can go to Raiders Fan Radio and pick it on up. And Murph's apparently going to show a photo. I am. I just pulled it off the wall <laughs> for the next I, segment. I was like, something, something happened. Keep going. Keep going. No, we're done. I just wanted to let everybody know you can pick up the Get Made shirts. All Thank proceeds you. go to the Fred Belintnikoff Foundation at RaidersFanRadio.com. And links are below for that, if you will. So go for it. Show what you got to show. No, no, no! It's for the segment. I'm just getting prepared for something. So keep, keep on going. Thank you oh, for your, thank you for the support on the get made shirt. Absolutely, Mikey. Looks good on you, buddy. Thank you, guys. All right, 
So I, I don't know how well this segment will go, but I'm calling this the Raider joke off. Um, I don't even know if the joke will be good, but me and Murph are both going to say a, a, a jo- Raider joke inspired, and you guys can pick the winner. Uh, I don't care. Uh, but this is the Monday Mike and Murph Raider joke off, not choke off, not choke off. I want to get that clear. It's not the choke off. It's the joke off. Okay. I just, you as know. long as it's not a jerk off, we're good. No, choke off. You get it? Yeah. Same thing. I got you. Oh my gosh. We could have no, gone I, without, we could have gone without the visual. I know. I'm a moron. I'm a moron. So do you want to go first or do I want to go first? Yeah. So I'll, I'm going to share something fun with you guys. Okay. So I'm going to hold up a picture here. This is, uh, let's see. I don't know if my front of the camera. Okay. So that's my dad. Uh, in the A's hat and the Stabler jersey, and then that's my uncle Bruz in the uh, in the Raiders shirt that looks like the Godfather there. The Godfather. So yeah. so God rest their soul. Both these guys have, have passed away. Uh, rest in peace to both of them. Um, but both of them were huge Raider influences in my life. Uh, my dad and and mostly my uncles, uh, including my uncle Bruz, and he was one of the funniest guys. I, I ever I ever knew. My uncles are hilarious, and my uncle Mosh is my real life uncle, my co-host on on Raiders Fan Radio. Well, this is his older brother, and uh, he's who's just an OG Raider fan, man. Just like I mean, you know, the Renegade Raiders of the seventies. When you hear about the Hell's Angels showing up to games, and all, he was one of those guys, gnarly biker dude, like would show up and and root for the Raiders. And so, anyways, he was so funny, and he used to say this really good joke. Um, for those of you that are younger fans, you may not get it, uh, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say it anyways because you used to crack me up when I was a kid, and the joke is this. Uh, what do you call a blonde, Mikey, that screws a whole football team? Repeat that. It kind of cut out. What do you call a blonde that screws a whole football team? Um, a f- flow? Jay Schrader. Oh. <laughs> oh, that's pretty funny, yo. <laughs> Oh, that he did through the Raiders. Oh, my God. <laughs> uh, there you go. God bless you, Uncle Bros. I said foe because, like, meaning a football hoe. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there in 1975, quoted in donation, he said, Burf was writing a rap after the first quarter <laughs> of the Kansas City Chiefs game. Yeah, I was. I had. I had Swag Jeff and Uncle Mosh working on it, so we saw our chat room on that show is so funny. And we just again, my Uncle Mosh is famous for eating too many donuts, and so um, they called us uh, they call us uh, Murphy Murph and the Donut Bunch. <laughs> I can't wait for you to rap. You're gonna rap this year. We are gonna be. I hope Jesus. so. I'm rooting for it, but damn it, it doesn't look very good. Yeah, we're gonna get it. It's gonna happen, Murph. It might be five seasons into our show if we last up long, <laughs> but still, we're going to get you working. Maybe on the se- the series finale, <laughs> even if we're going to go out with a bang, even if we don't beat the Chiefs, we're going to go out with a Murph rap. <laughs> All right. I guess uh, I'll do my joke now. That was a good one, the day Schrader. I, li- I think you won. Uh, but All right, Murph, here we go. Uh-uh. My humor is not liked by all, but let's do it. Uh, a Raider fan, a Chiefs fan, a Broncos fan, and who else is in our division? A Chargers fan walking to a bar. Who exits first? I don't know who. A Raider fan with a lighter while the bar is set ablaze after. <laughs> nice. Why? Because we're going to burn this down. <laughs> Whenever we see Charger, instead of stabbing or whatever, we're going to burn it down. Why? Because it happened to be a, 
a charger bar or a chief bar or whatever, and we burned it down. I don't know. So that's it. Hey, knock, knock. Who's there? Gruden. Gruden who? Knock on wood and give me. Hey. I don't know. All right. This is the joke off. Whatever it is. Let's get into the goodness. This is called Raiders Trivia. Murph, you have no idea of these questions. I got them online a little late. Wanted to get them online earlier, but I got 10 questions for you, Murph. And I don't even know the answer, so we're going to go do it together. So let's get right started. This is Stump Murph, because I can you the Raider expert. Okay. So let's, let's ask no pressure together. No pressure. And we'll both answer. Okay. Question number one. Who, oh, sorry. It's multiple choice, Murph. So I'll give you the okay, multiple good, choice. Okay, good, good, good. All right. If you know the answer right away, just throw it out there. Okay. All right. Question number one. Who did the Raiders take their first draft pick in the 2013 draft? Oh, my gosh. Multiple choice. Tyler Wilson, DJ Hayden, Benelik Watson, or C.O. Moore? No, it was Hayden because that was the year before Carr, right? Before Carr and Mac. So that would have been, yeah. I don't know the official answers. I didn't even download the answers because I wanted to answer myself. I'm going to go with Hayden as well. Yeah, that's Hayden. So, again, there's no answers officially because I'm going to look them up later. I kind of did it late. Forgive me, guys. Uh, question number two. Oh, we don't know what the like, answers are? No. Okay, like I'll I said, look, I did it too late. Right. Before okay, I'll look it up as we're going. You said 2014 draft? Yeah, I'll send you the 2013. Murph, I'll send you the picture of the trivia question after the show. Yeah, 2013. Yeah, because 14 was Mac and Carr. Okay. Yeah, I'll send you the no, whatever. All right. Question number two. Which quarterback? Sorry, which quarterback did the Raiders trade to the Arizona Cardinals? Which quarterback did the Raiders trade to the Arizona Cardinals before the 2013 season? Carson Palmer. Yeah, the answer are the multiple choices. Matt Schaub, Jamarcus Russell, Johnny Leonard, Carson Palmer, and I agree. So Raider Nation can go through this with us. Um, who led the Raiders? With 733 yards rushing in 2013. Rashad Jennings. Uh, Latavius Murray. Say it again. Murray, probably, right? No, is that for Murray? Go ahead. Say that, give me the list. The multiple choice, yeah. A, Rashad Jennings. B, Marshall Reese. C, Terrell Pryor. Or D, Darren McFadden. I'm going to say Rashad Jennings. I think that was the Rashad Jennings I think year. so, yeah. I think you're right, yeah. I be- yeah. And we'll find out the answer next week, and I'll say what we're right at or whatever. Uh, question four, which Raiders quarterback led the team with just eight touchdowns passes in 2013? Matt McGloin, Terrell Pryor, Carson Palmer, or Matt Flint? Mm, would have been Pryor, right? Uh, I'm going to go with Carson Palmer. Didn't we trade for him before the Cardinals game? That was after, what, week four or five? No, uh, 20. Oh, that was after week eight. That was after like week seven or eight. He yeah, came in halfway. Yeah, I think it's prior. All right. So Murph is going with prior. I'm gonna go with Palmer. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna go with Palmer as the better quarterback. So so Murph is prior. Mike is on Palmer. All right, question number five. Which Raiders player led the team? What's up with all these 2013 questions? I don't know what, what trivia right link now, I right? had. <laughs> what Raider players led the team with 623 kick return yards in 2013? Probably Jacoby Ford. A. Philip Adams, B. Greg Jenkins, C. Jacoby Ford, or D. Taiwan Jones? I would, my guess would be Jacoby Ford. I don't know, but that's my guess. I'm going to go with Jacoby Ford as well. 
even though Taiwan Taiwan Jones did take it over the, the years after Ford did. But yeah, I agree. Oh, right. you know what? You're right. No, because Jacoby was on. He did a lot more on punt return. I'll bet you're right. I'll bet you it is Taiwan Jones. Yeah, that makes sense. All right, you're changing your answer to yeah, Taiwan? Yeah, I'll go Taiwan Jones. All right, I'm going to stay with Jacoby Ford. I kind of thought that was it. Uh, who were the, Okay, question six. Who were the only Raider players with more than one interception? Wow, that's so sad. Who were the only Raider players with more than one interception in 2013? Charles Woodson and Usama Young? Or Nick Roach and Kevin Burnett? Or DJ Hayden and Brandon Roche? Or Mike Jenkins and Tracy Porter. Yeah, those two. It was Porter, I know, had two for sure. So say that again. What was the setup to that? DJ Hayden and Brandon Ross. No, the question. What was the setup on the question? Who were the only Raider players with more than one interception yes. in 2013? Uh, yeah, it's got I don't know for sure on Jenkins, but I know for sure on Porter had two. So yeah, give me give me that duo, the last duo. All right. I'm gonna go with Nick Roach and Kevin Burnett. I know I'm probably wrong, but all right. So you got Mike Jenkins. All right. Question number seven. Who led the Raiders with six sacks in 2013? A, Lamar Houston. B, Nick Rich. C, Jason Hunter. Or D, Steele Moore. I'm going to say Lamar Houston. Yeah, that would be my guess. Became a agent like the next year later. Yeah, he went to the Bears, right? Right after that. Yeah. 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 Nick had a good Nick Roach had a good year that year, but I'm gonna I'm gonna say Houston too. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I said that was before the, the next mm, But it wasn't injured. by much. Because Roach had a good year, but it wasn't by much. I'll bet you only beat him by like one or two sacks or something. Nick Nick Roach's career ended like after that 2014 season. Yeah, like that's uh-huh, crazy. Uh-huh. All right, which rookie started eleven games for the Raiders in 2013? A Brandon Ross, B Rod Streeter, C C O'Moore, or D. Lucas Nix started 11 games as a rookie. Yeah, I don't know. Brandon Ross, Rod Streeter. Streeter was the man back then, man. I don't know if that was his rookie year. I'll go Streeter just because he's the bigger name. Yeah, I'm going to say C.O. Moore. Um, So Mike got C.O. Moore and you got Streeter. C.O. Moore did play a lot. Yeah, he sure did. Yeah, that was his draft. So And Streeter was undrafted free agent. Yeah, you're right. I'll bet you more. I'll bet you that. That's a good pick. I don't know, but that might be. Oh, yeah. He's still a rookie. I don't know. It's very interesting. Yeah. I should have looked up the answers. I didn't have time. I'm a moron. Um, question number nine The Raiders went to the 2013 season without a winning season in how many years? A, 20, B, 5, C, 15, or D, 10? Uh, whatever 2002 was. So, what's that math? 11? What, how many years did you just say? The Raiders went into the 2013 into the 2013 season without a winning season in how many years? And what are the answers again? A, 20, B, 5, C, 15, or D, 10? 10, D. Yeah, to go with D, 2 as well. Because finally in 2016, when we went to the playoffs, they were saying we haven't been to the playoffs for 15 years. Yeah. So yeah, we had because we had eight and eight with Hugh, but we didn't get a winning record except for the year of the Super Bowl. Well, that is a winning record, 2013. That means we won more. We won the exact amount that we lost. So that's considered no, but it's not. Cons- no, a winning record is considered nine and seven. Five hundred is not a winning record. It's not a losing record, but it ain't a winning record either. I don't know. 
All right, question number 10 in 2000. I love these 2013 questions. I must have found a... a I guess link so, man. Sheesh. From, from MySpace or something like that. <laughs> in 2013, the Raiders finished with what record for the second straight year? Four and 12. I don't know. There's some weird answers on here. Dennis Allen, said, man. Four and 12. Yeah, it doesn't say records for some reason. It says 13 March, 11 May, 12 April, 10 June. That's what it says. <laughs> So, so what were the records? Two thousand thirteen. Say that again. What are the answers? Uh, uh, no, the multiple choice for that question. It's stupid. It says A is thirteen dash March. B is eleven dash May. So something's wrong. Oh yeah, transcribe the answers into a date. No, but we were four and twelve that year. Yeah, were we four and twelve in two thousand thirteen? I'm yeah. sure you're right. Yeah. You're always right, Murph. Not always, man. I've whiffed on a bunch of these things. I but I remember that. <laughs> <laughs> I hey, got my red. Short. Oh, wait, oh, I'm my red. Let me get a red Sharpie. That's a green one. Here we go. Here's my Dennis wow. Allen red Sharpie. Let me tuck it into my hat right here. There you go. Hey, who cares? It doesn't. We have fun asking trivia. I hope you guys had a good time with us. So I'll do it for today's Monday with Mikey and Murphy. All right, here we go. I hope you guys had a good time. Um, We got Monday Night Football that we're going to go and get to and watch. Uh, quickly, who do you got versus the who's tonight? The Jets and the and the Browns, man. Give me the uh, the uh, uh, the quarterback that doesn't have mononucleosis. So I'll give me the uh, give me the Bakers and the Odells and the Landrys to beat the uh, um, what the heck? Uh, what's what's his name? The the, uh, the yeah, Le'Veon we Bell's. We're, yeah. we're Raider. We're Raider fans. We don't care. Yeah, 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 yeah. Bakers fun. Browns are fun. Are a fun story. I, I think the Browns are going to have a big night. John Dorsey, John Dorsey, GM of the Browns. Very nice to me at the senior bowl. I don't know what's going to happen with Greg Williams versus Odell Beckham. It'll be fun to watch. Yep. But that being said, thank you guys for tuning in Mondays with Mikey and Murph. Thank you guys. I am am Mikey Murph real quickly. Let everybody know where they can find you again, just to reiterate that fact, because I want them watching your show. Please subscribe, like, it's channel. It's amazing. I have fun. Take a red Sharpie just like this one and write it down. YouTube.com slash Murph's Fan Cave or RaidersFanRadio.com slash gear and you can buy gear. Uh, RaidersFanRadio.com slash t-shirts and you can buy a t-shirt like what Mikey's wearing. 100% of the proceeds go to the Blitnikoff Foundation. We appreciate you for supporting our channel. 100% of everything, every dollar that we make goes to the Blitnikoff Foundation. We're going to supply, not supply, we're going to uh, we're gonna support them by uh, donating a check to them for the amount of about $2,000 uh, this November at the Blitnikoff Annual Crab Fest. So thank you to all of those of you that support our channel in that way and uh, thank you to those of you doing that in the future. Thanks to the chat room. I can't read it, but I always go back and read it at the end of the night. So appreciate you guys. Enjoy Monday Night Football and go Raiders! Well said. And I just want to reiterate the fact to our true listeners or watchers that are still walking, even at the end of our show, I want to let you guys know, if you guys come up with a headline or a topic as well, please shoot me an email. The link is down below. Or give us a phone call and give us a topic to talk about. I really want your input. So give us your input. Maybe it'll find its way onto a headline on one of our shows. Please stay tuned. We're going to have nothing but fun this entire season. This is Monday's Mike and Murph, nonstop shop for unique Raider talk and a lot of weirdness and fun. Let's get on out of here. And I got the Cleveland Browns winning. And let's sing the theme song. Let's have a wonderful day. Take care of your family. God bless. We'll see you next Monday. Guess what? This is Monday with Mikey Heath Murph.
We talkin' Raiders and football dirt. Because we are a unique, weird Raider talk show, but we try to have good times and fun. Let's go. This has been Mondays with Mikey and Murph. We'll see you next week on hopefully another Victory Monday. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Progressive is proud to honor our veterans by donating vehicles to move their lives forward, especially in times of need. This year celebrates eight years and more than 750 vehicles donated. Learn more about their Keys to Progress program and plans for 2020 at keystoprogress.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, Our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com. Driving plays a big part in driving the local economy. It helps us all get where we're going and creates good jobs close to home. At Synovus Energy, Our refineries in Toledo and Lima are a reliable domestic source of gasoline, diesel, and jet fuel. Plus, more than 2,300 employees and contractors work for us here in Ohio. See how we're helping local communities move forward at synovus.com.